is Topside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. All right, well, a little technical difficulties on the first one back. What's going on, guys? This is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Welcome back to my boys, Dylan and Pete. And yes, the man from the sun, the man from wherever you want to call it, is finally back on the show, watched for the past two and a half weeks. These guys carry the show, carry the mail, do everything you could possibly want to amazing guys to do and they did it really well uh saw mr teo sports fan div show up on the show as well shout out to him clark monroe annie od and everyone else who stopped by to drop a comment or just have a little fun offside hockey talk was rolling and the maple leafs while i was gone well they were rolling they stopped they picked it back up they looked like crap out in the west coast swing and then they came back and they did some more things guys got hurt muzzin's career is pretty much over um yeah, lots to get into, guys. But what's going on? Oh man, nothing really much. But uh, to be honest, it was an honor to uh, to host the show. Uh, well, welcome, welcome back. Um, <laughs> glad you're back. The pressure's a little bit off of me now. But uh, Pete was a Pete was a good co-host. Uh, listen, listen. Shout out to Dylan. He did. Br- I I think Dylan did a fantastic job holding it down while you were away, James. But uh, James, like, I'm gonna c- kind of call call you out here. Do you even have a tan, buddy? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's the, I got the um. What do you, you know call it? Big dog ring light right here. That, that's so probably it. Yeah, because I'm looking at myself right now. God damn, I'm pasty as hell. That's why they call mm. me. Pete the heat, but uh, so I'm yeah. gonna call you out then, man. Glad to have you back, buddy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, around these parts, we are proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Coast, Puck Off Lagerdale, the absolute big beer for the big podcast. And what bigger than offside hockey talk? And guys, I teased it over on Twitter and of course across social media. Coming into tonight, I had something to say. I cannot say this enough. Okay, whether it's Muzzin being hurt, Brody being hurt, the Leafs being up and down and in and out. There is some sort of freaking dark cloud over Leafs Nation this year because it is just dirty. People are nasty, whether it's talking about Curtis and the shit that he's getting slung at him, the DMs that I've gotten since I've been away about not doing my videos and this stuff and that stuff. And, you know, why aren't you doing this? You need to be here. And you have people just going absolutely in on stuff. It's just garbage. Guys, we root for this team right here. We all do. Everyone under the Leafs Nation banner, whether you're a baghead, whether you're a queen, whether you're a Pete the Heat, Dylan Fournier, or myself, we root for the Leafs, which means you should root for them to win. But so many people are rooting for them to just fall the hell apart. Everybody rooting last night for Matt Murray to have a bad game except for a small section. What are you doing? Do you want to go back to when this team was absolute hot garbage with no Austin Matthews, no Mitch Marner, no Willie Nylander, no Morgan Riley, none of these brand name players that we have? Do you want to go back there? Do you want to sit there and say, oh, this is great. I love Brad Boys on the first line with Tyler Bozak. That's my guy. (laughs) I love Jamal Mayers on the second line, mucking it up, and Colton Orr and Frazier McLaren dropping the mitts every five minutes because that's real hockey. No, that's just trash. 
just trash. You have the league reigning MVP on your team. Pick up your socks. Enjoy the regular season. It's going to be a ride. But what I'm noticing from the Toronto Maple Leafs boys is they are doing the Tampa Bay thing. They're going to probably win enough games to get themselves third or second in the Atlantic, but nothing else matters. By the way, Austin Matthews, tip of the cap to you. He said he doesn't give a crap. Actually, he said he don't give a shit about what people think or say or do, and he doesn't give a shit about all the other other stuff that goes on for individual shit. He wants to win. That's their mentality this year. They want to win. So Leafs Nation, my rant is about to be ending. Stop with the crap. Enjoy this. I watched from afar. I couldn't believe it. This team wins, and everybody's like, well, no, it wasn't good enough. Shut up. Shut up. Enjoy what's in front of you because windows close really quickly. And as we learn with Jake Muzzin, guys' careers can be over like that. And you no longer get to see them play. Yeah. So just just stop. Just shut up. Shut up and walk. Enjoy the team that's built here. We have not seen a Leafs team this good ever before. This is the best Leafs team ever constructed. Ever. In my humble opinion. But there's no reason for anyone to go after Matt Murray. He's played one freaking game for the Leafs. And I'm glad he I'm glad he won. He won his first his second game back or second game as a Maple Leaf against his former team that he won two Stanley Cups against. And he looked great last night. He looked fantastic. So shout out to Matt Murray and shutting up all the stupid Leaf fans out there. I I, I hate how quick people are to hop on on one person or like just the team as a whole. Like they, they 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 take these things for granted. Like what we have in front of us is very very special. The last decent team or the last team that made the playoffs before this team was a team that was ran with Dion Phaneuf and Phil Castle for heaven's sakes. Like yeah, he was he's the Iron Man guy, but like. This team is so talented. I think the problem is the rest of the league is also so talented. And it's not it's not just your original six teams. Like that's that 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 has been our whole problem since 67. There's so many more good teams now. It's not just those six teams competing with the with the four little good ones and and they're all jumping to be the best. These it- teams are fairly fairly good yeah you we just gotta buy our time slide in second or third there in the atlantic and i think i think we will be fine it just doesn't help when we get knocked out of the first round every single season and yeah that's gonna that's gonna pull some but there's wire. the Jekyll and Hyde thing right there right the yeah. leafs play a bad game everybody says burn it down yeah. this team sucks the leafs win a game and everybody's like, well, it doesn't matter. They're not making it past the first round anyways. So where is your common ground for happiness? Do you not have any in your life? You know, do you just wake up and piss in your own cornflakes? Because that's how you want to start your day? Like, just, I don't I don't understand it. Leave it alone. And I thought about this one long and hard, and it probably will be a TikTok, so don't take it, Pete, please. There is only one true Stanley Cup champion in the NHL for the history of the NHL right now. Because if you listen to everybody... The Leafs only won the cup because there were six teams. Montreal only won because there was X amount of teams. 
Well, here you go. I'm going to break an argument down for everyone. There's only one true Stanley Cup champion who's won the cup with 32 teams in the league, and that is the Colorado Avalanche. Because, hello, all the teams were available last year, full 32 slate, and one team came out. So there's only one true champion then. If you want to cherry-pick stats and say, well, it's only because there were six teams and it's only because there's 24 teams. Well, guess what? No other team Stanley Cups are relevant because there's now 32 teams and there's only one team that is one in the modern full era. And that is the Colorado Avalanche. And that's it. So everybody else's arguments are done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you won the cup. There wasn't 32 teams. So there you go. If that's your argument, that it doesn't matter when your team won the cup, because there wasn't 32 teams, it doesn't count. Because that's what people tell us about, oh, there's only six. And when Montreal won, there's only this many. So there, 32 teams last year, Colorado's your only true champion. Done. You know you know what uh, is funny, James, when other fan bases come after us? is Generally, it's fans that have really never seen their team actually win a Stanley Cup. Like, I get all these kids attacking me online, like Montreal fans and When's the last time they won? It was 93. Like 93 coming up on 30 years. Yeah, we're, we we don't see these big fan bases winning the Stanley Cups either, right? So it's just shut your mouths. Yeah. Yeah. Leafs yeah. are next. Leafs are next in line. It's coming. It's coming. Listen here. Well, I want to talk about Jake Muzzin right quick. Um, you know, our little group chat that we have, the six and the six, we talked about, you know, the the spine injury that he has and how serious it is. And I just went through and rewatched the Kyle Dubas press conference from the weekend just to brush myself up on exactly how he said things. The February thing for him having his checkup is much like the Carey Price thing. It is just a doctor visit. It is just an update to the media and fans that, yes, indeed, he is still 100% hurt and he's not going to be playing. Jake Muzzin isn't coming back. No matter what everyone wants to say, he can't. He cannot. Okay. You look at how long it took people with spine injuries to come back to contact things. I look at Edge in the WWE with his spinal fusion surgery and all that stuff. And they told him he'd never wrestle again. It took him nine years to get back healthy enough to be able to do what he's doing now. Nine years. Sorry, Jake Muzzin doesn't have nine years. He doesn't have all that time. I think Jake Muzzin 100% is done. I beat the drum as hard as I could that Jordy Ben would be the Jake Muzzin light penalty killer, front of the net, physical player to replace Jake Muzzin when Jake Muzzin was either on IR, which I said he would be, or when he was just being, you know, load management. Now it's not load management. He's not going to play. But Jordy Ben looking pretty frigging good. Now, obviously, it's the shine on the new toy. But he's physical, he blocks shots, he clears the front of the net, he doesn't take any shit. So I like that. We all like that. That's a guy that we need. It's what Jake Muzzin brought when he was healthy. So I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy the fact that he's here. The next thing, though, the Leafs do need to make a move. I know everyone says, well, we're going to stay internal. You say that to keep prices down. Because the second you say, well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm the GM of the Maple Leafs. Yes, we are actively looking for another defenseman. And the teams go, yeah, well, we're actively raising the price. So now I know you need a defenseman. I'm not going to throw you a lifeline. I'm going to throw you an anchor. And you're going to give me Matthew Nyes or this or that or this or that to give you a player that you want. So Kyle Dubas is obviously doing it the right way. 
yeah, we'll use what's in-house. We know what we have with Sandine and Lilligren and Crawl and whoever else they want to use, Mac Hollowell. You know, they will say those things because obviously if teams get a whiff of your desperation, the price goes up. Yep. So right now, Toronto's sitting pretty. They have picks. They have prospects. They got a guy named Nick Robertson that isn't getting a lot of ice time, but definitely knows how to fire the puck and do different things, maybe in a top six role with another organization, dare I say. Does he get a chance? And there's lots of different defensemen out there. But here's the problem. Go look at the standings. Teams are not that far apart, especially over on the eastern side of things, especially in the Atlantic. It's two to four points of the spread. So right now, there's not a lot of separation to find guys for teams that you think are going to be rentals. And I think the Leafs will bide their time, and it'll probably be January, the beginning of January, where we see the move happen for the Leafs to bring in a defenseman. It's got to be a defenseman, right? I mean, I hear rumors of a forward, but defense- a lot of people. There's no way Kyle Lewis lets it lets us go into the playoffs without a without upgrading this defense core. They definitely will upgrade the defense core, Pete. But the thing is, is people are panicking. Okay, oh, if you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and their goal scoring this season. They are not a high flying, high prowess offense. I think they're 23 or 24 in the league. Yep. But then again, the Toronto Maple Leafs last year were top five. And they have a lot of the same guys who led them in scoring still on that team that aren't scoring at a high clip. Nylander's not flying high right now. He's doing all right, but he's not putting up not the yet. goals. Not yet. Jim. Yeah. But that's what I mean. He's doing all right. He's not putting up the goals. Austin Matthews isn't scoring two or three or two or one every single night like he was last year. He's not being prolific yet, but his 200-foot game is a lot better than mm-hmm. it was. So those things will regress to the means, in my opinion. I think you'll see the Leafs come back to where they need to be, probably about 10th in the league. But here's one thing, guys. The Leafs' defense is, again, good. They were pretty damn good last year, at least in the top 10 in all the defensive metrics that make your D look good. So, And that helped Jack Campbell get his $5 million contract where he gets to sit on the pine in Edmonton and not play games with. Um but this season, the Leafs are doing it again, propping up Samsonov, propping up Murray, propping up Shalgren. So whoever's between the pipes, the Leafs' defense, if you look at the games the Leafs win, it's two goals or less when the Leafs win. You can go back and look. There's not many games that go any higher than that than the Toronto Maple Leafs win. So when three or more are scored, you know Toronto's in some trouble. When they hold it to two or less, the Leafs are picking up those victories, and that's when you know their defensive game is on point. Another guy who's playing really well defensively, John Tavares. And Dylan, I told you, break up Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I said it to start the season. I said it needed to happen early. It took a little while, and why do I think that happened? Sorry, guys, I had a lot of thoughts. It's been Yeah, spit it out. I love it, buddy. So – Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, we all know they love to play together. But sometimes you have to convince people that it's their idea that things happen. Mm. So I think Sheldon Keefe gave them all of the rope possible, and things weren't working. Passes were being missed, passes in feet. Things just weren't clicking. So then you go to them and say, hey, how would you like to maybe try playing with JT? Just freshen things up a little bit. You let it become their own idea. So now they're not disgruntled that they have to go on different lines because you're not doing it out of anger. You're doing it out of, hey, 
we've done everything we can. It's just not clicking, boys. So let's just, you know, give you guys a fresh breath of air. Go play with Willie. Go play with JT. And by the way, they're now, what, 6-1 and one in scoring chances since they've been together? Where the other way, when the lines were the other way, it was 1-12. Yikes. Okay, so you can see the instant change. And the good thing here is now you've spread out your offense. Like I said, you got JT rolling because Marner's playing good with JT. You got Matthews and Willie playing good. Bunting's starting to click because now he can be that dirty little over here. And I dare say see William Nylander in the corner last night. William Nylander throwing a couple hits. And why do I know that, Dylan? Because I have him in fantasy and I'm beating your ass with him. Let's go. Let's go. I don't so, think you have a win yet, James. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But if I'm leading, I can chirp. I'm I'll leading. let. I'll let you. I'll let you beat up on me. I'm having an off week. Ooh, an off week? No, I, I think I just found my stride of what I need to do in this league. It's twenty goalies, seven defensemen, and three players who might put the puck in the net. You chirped me for having more than two defensemen, and now you're picking up all the defensemen. Listen, in this league. Go look at the stats. I said it earlier in the uh, the year here, a couple weeks ago. It's the hits. It's crazy. The, the hits and the blocks are worth more than goals and assists, yeah. Yeah. which sucks because any league that you go into, you unless you're strictly saying this is a crash or banger league, you go into it thinking I'm going to draft guys who put the puck in the net and do offensive things to get me points. Yep. Not in this league, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm learning now how to do it differently, okay? I'm retooling on the fly, if you will. But to go back to the Maple Leafs, they're doing the same thing. And they are learning how to put guys together in positions to work. Yep. Like Callie Yarncroke. Like Pierre Ingvall, which do something, my friend. Like, you had a good game Saturday night. You stuck your giraffe neck out and you did some things and you pumped <laughs> your mighty legs and grunted and made noises, which was great. But do that every game because last night he was tenuous again. Like, just get hit. You know, let it happen. Sorry. You know, like, Jesus, I don't know what you need. You need your bell rung or something just to, to wake you up. Sometimes maybe it's the old adage, you're not in a fight till you get punched in the face or something with him. I don't know. Maybe just hack and whack him or something. But I look at the Leafs' defense, and I look and I say, there's one guy, one guy we didn't have last year for the whole season. We got him towards the end. But there's one guy that came in, and now he's a steadying force. Brody goes down, it's not the end of the world. You still have Mr. Mark Giordano. And by the way, TJ Brody, enjoy your two weeks off. Go build a shed. Go have a cup of coffee. Go watch the sun do. Do something, my friend. I love you. You're a great defenseman. Love it. But enjoy. He hasn't missed a game since he's been here. Go go take a minute. It's okay. Yeah. That's a, man, he's, I, he's the most underrated Leaf. Easily he the most underrated Leaf. The reason no one really pays attention to him because he doesn't put up any points. But well, it's not, that, it's not that you don't pay attention to him. They always say the, the mark of a good defenseman is you when you don't that. hear their name throughout the game because mm-hmm. they are doing everything they're supposed to be doing. Yep, so they're right. not out of place. They're not. In, but with TJ Brody, for me, I'm screaming at the TV at least two or three times a game because he's breaking up a two-on-one, sliding down in his belly. He's class for that. So I love it. I love it. I made a Christmas song about it last year. 
for crying out loud. I remember that. You're going to have to remake that. Remake yes. it for this year. Oh, it's coming again. Don't worry. There'll be, there'll be some. Um, but yeah, I look at the Leafs and I say, okay, last night, we'll break down this game, guys. 5-2 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Rasmus Sandin, this is where you're going to see where guys' warts are. Rasmus Sandin had all the time in the world. Didn't need to do what he did with the puck to Sidney Crosby. He didn't. He had all the time in the world. But what I liked last night, okay, the Leafs were up 3-0. Then the cavalcade started. Oh, crap, everything's crashing in around us. They pressed pause themselves and figured it out. And they didn't get scored on again. There were some moments where Puck squeaked through Matt Murray. Yep. That's okay. Because there was a team thing. Jordy Ben on the line. Um, I forget who else it was that cleared a puck. Mitch Marner was in behind the goaltender clearing the puck away. That was a telltale game for me. Because nine times out of ten this season, the Leafs have a lead. They get scored on, and they fold like a house of cards. But they didn't last night. They regained their composure. They figured it out. They kept pressing. Murray made some timely saves. Especially that Latang breakaway. You see that Latang breakaway? Yep. Stopped him stone cold. And Jordy Ben to stop Crosby when he had that. Oh, my God. What a beautiful. Six saves. Man, Jordy Ben may be the better Ben, guys. Maybe. Well, yeah, no, he's on he's on fire right now. That's why the name of this episode is The Leafs Are Bensational. You know, so I look at that game and I say, you know, everybody's so worried about what the Leafs are. That is a telltale sign of what a team is doing yep. because they picked themselves up and they kept it rolling. A lot of times this season, the Anaheim games, one of them, they oh, ended up getting tied after they were up and then they lose in overtime because they just wilt. They didn't wilt last night. They kept it together. They kept it rolling. Matt Murray made timely saves. And you guys know that is my thing. Timely saves from a goaltender is my thing. Whether it's Samsonov, because I've long said Jack Campbell would let a soft one in. Freddie Anderson would let a soft one in. But I love Sonar. Sonar would make that save. It makes you happy. Chalgren, he'd make the save. <laughs> Hello, Shali. What's going on, brother? Uh, um, UNP, just don't like Shali. I, listen, I, I like, like, like Shali, man. I, okay, so I give him a lot of crap because he's not an NHL goalie. But, like, in all fairness, guys, he's a certified AHL goalie. He's our third stringer. <laughs> he did his best for what he is. So we, we just, we'll we take what he gave us. And, honestly, I don't want to see him ever play again for the Maple Leafs. I, he's go hey, win, again, I tell go you win that, uh, for the Marlies. We need Sonar and Murdoch to stay in front of our net right now. Because Murdoch. Yeah, that's that's his nickname. The Merman. The Murdog. Murdog and Sonar. I don't think or Sammy, whatever you want to call him, but I Eric Schalgren's certified AHL goalie's third stringer. He's he's not he's not good enough to play in the NHL, at least not right now. What I think he's got some he's got some promise. I'll I'll give him that. Um, I mean, he held down those back-to-backs very, very well. I, I wish. Why did he start Shalgren? They didn't trust uh, Petrozelli. Like, I, I was shocked they didn't start him because, like you said, Dylan, the Leafs have a great. I guess they're not going to go off stats here, but like they have a great record whenever they start a rookie goalie. Like, I, what is it? Like they've won the last four times they've rookie yeah, goalie started. So, so, like, it would make sense. Try him out. See what happens. It was against 
Vancouver, who obviously they're not very good this season. But uh, yeah, I was a little shocked they didn't go with the Shalgren or Petrozelli that game. The reason why they didn't is there's no travel because it was at home. Right. So Shalgren could sleep in his own bed, rest, heal up. There's no, you know, longing on the body to go in a plane and travel here, there, everywhere. Right. Right back at it at the Scotia Bank. Do you think? Do, do you think Keith asks Shalgren or he tells Shalgren like you have to play next game? No, I think Shalgren asked Keith. Really? Keith, I really do. I really do because if you listen to the comments from Keith on the weekend, he said he wanted to be back in there. And he said he had confidence in going back in there because when he has a bad game, he does tend to rebound. Guys, we're talking about Shalgren and being like, well, he's not an a- uh, NHL goaltender. The Leafs are 5-1-1 one, and one in a month. Yeah, we- um, four one and one with him. He 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 played very well in the back to backs. Like he, I'm pretty sure that after that Friday Saturday game, he was the goalie in the NHL with the most back to backs so far this season. No, I wouldn't doubt it. But I'm just saying, like he, I love Eric Schalger, and I mean, when I do my prediction season videos, and he's in net, it's the Schalgler gate or whatever it is. I can't say it. See, I'm still sick. I can't get these things out of my head. Um, you know, the Shaleli grin or whatever it's called, right? Shaleli grin again between the pipes, right? Because he's a happy guy. But it looks like Murray locking it down. The Leafs are five one and one this month so far. They're clicking. They're doing what they and need. What did, and what did we say? November is our freaking month. Man. It really is. It really is. And October ain't it? It never October has been. Never been it for the Leafs. And it's never and it been. It never will be. So but we tread water. Calm the frick down. Stop pick picking everything apart. Like it's so frustrating. I'm a big well, believer. I'm a big believer at peaking at the right time. As long absolutely. as the leaves peak just before the playoffs, that's all I can ask for. That's all I want. We need them to play good in the playoffs. We all know they're going to make the playoffs, right, guys? Yeah. So yes. we just need them to peak. We need them to peak at the right time. I think Boston right now is peaking way too early. I, I'm expecting a slow, like a decline from them. I know I didn't, like I picked them not to make the playoffs. It's looking like they are, but yeah. I just, I don't think Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman are that good to hold them down. And like Bergeron's old, Marshawn's coming off surgery. I know they look great right now, but I'm just, I'm waiting for that team to slowly decline. We're going to hop above them in the standings. I think they will uh, regress to the means a little bit. Um, I do think guys like David Krejci, where they did not play in the NHL last year, will probably slow down a little bit. So, yeah, I do see those players, you know, taking their toll. And any team that has a player that misses camp, whether they come out flying or not, um, you know, like Charlie McAvoy, those things catch up to you towards the end of the year. We see the year that Willie came back. He was sucking dirty pond water towards the end. Um, dirty pond water. It was. It was bad. He was. He looked like he was chug chug chugging. Right. So, Oof. it's it's going to be interesting to say the least here. But guys, like I said, the Leafs are five one and one in November. We That's picked cool. them to have a good November. They're rocking and rolling right now. What's that? That's eleven points out of what thirteen or fourteen, something like that, or yeah. twelve, whatever. They're doing half freaking decent. So there's nothing to worry about right now. Um, there's so many teams that are so close, you know, but one thing that you can keep in mind, a team that is in a playoff spot or out of a playoff spot come American Thanksgiving, that is usually where that team will be. Who says that? Friedman says that a lot, right? Friedman says it, and it is fact-checked. It is yeah. actual 
pretty much gospel. You know, that that's the way that it breaks down. So if you're in a spot, you're in a spot. We know the Leafs are going to do all right. The thing that oh. we need to figure out for the Leafs right now is when does the offense start to gel? When do they start to find things? And I don't mean to say it like this, but when did they give up on Nick Robertson and send him down and bring somebody up who's going to play in the bottom six? James, you were really high on Robbie. Now, what's what made you a teacher? It's not me being not high on Robbie. It's because I am high on Robbie. I want him on the second line, Mm. but Keith doesn't. Keith doesn't want to leave him there and allow him to grow. It's just not happening. Any other team, you look at Montreal with all their young guys, St. Louis lets them play through their problems, puts them back out on the ice. Sheldon Keefe this season, and be it proper, he's scared for his job. So he can't allow Nick Robertson to go out there and roll with Nylander, or sorry, now roll with Marner and Tavares. I think it would, I think Marner would be really freaking good for Robbie. Oh, I definitely think so too. But because of that fact where he's worried about his job, he's trying to find lines that work but also have defensive responsibility broken in because he can't give that to Robertson right now to make the giveaway. He already has two of those on defense and Lilligren and Sandine. Yeah. So he's this is a win all year for him, right? He has to go as far as he can. And I think it's a mistake not using Robertson. I do but it's a mistake to have him sitting in a press box or playing four minutes a night. So you think So you think that his minutes would be better on first line AHL or be traded? I do. I do. You're hindering the kid that, at this point. It's the same thing with Shane Wright in Seattle. You know, they're they're messing around so with him. you agree with Steve Simmons, do you? What's that? Trade Nick, or actually, was it Steve Simmons? I don't yeah, know. The article from the know. Toronto Sun. That you it's not posted. that I'm saying trade him just because he has value or trade him just because. But if you're not going to allow this player to play to his strengths and allow him to put himself yeah. on a line and understand there will be wards, if you think so highly of Mitch Marner and his defensive game, then put him on that line. Allow Robertson, which we all know, who can skate like the wind, can take a hit and get back up and, and can has a shoot shot it from deep. anywhere. Yeah. He, he can, can shoot, shoot that damn puck, man. Like, so why not will, put him there? He will make us regret it if we trade him. Oh, uh, no, he definitely will. And Pete, I don't want to trade him. I'm not agreeing with Traco Snuff for a second because That's I was one of the ones that jumped on that for sure, that it was ridiculous to even print that. But if you're not going to play the guy, then at the very least, do him a service and put him in the AHL top line. Let him get his confidence back. Let him be top PP down there. Let him rock and roll and shred it up. And then when he's flying at 100 miles an hour, bring him to the NHL, put him with Marner and Tavares, and let that flourish. But right now, this, well, you're on the fourth or third line. Here's maybe seven minutes. Or, hey, sorry, you know, we're going to put in this guy because you're you're going to sit in the press box for a couple games because you had a giveaway. How is he ever going to freaking grow? And I know that your job is on the line, Kiefer, but you got to let this guy play. You got to. Just like I said to you guys at the beginning of the year. And same thing Mark Seidel told me and you, Dylan. He needs to be on a second line with players of his ilk consistently to build his game. How do you so think his brother did it? 
you know. How do you think it, his brother did it? His brother is so good, and this kid learns from his brother, man. Like he's he's gonna be so good. But the thing is, like, you're right. You're right. Keith won't start him because his his job is on the line, and that's he's sucks. worried about the defensive inabilities of Nick Robertson. But if you're so high, and they are, they've said it numerous times on John Tavares's defensive game and Mitch Marner's defensive game, Sunday. that should allow you enough to roll Nick Robertson, put him out there, put him in that spot, staple him there and leave him there for at least 10 games. Then if things don't mesh or things don't work, but he's showing that he can play with guys like Matthews. He can play with guys like Tavares and Marner. You know, he can keep up with them. He so, played well with Tavi in the playoffs that one year against Montreal. No, it was Columbus. Oh, Columbus. Was he scored against Columbus. It was oh. his first goal in the playoffs. It was that one right there where he just wailed the puck through the pads. I think it was of Merzlikens. But what I'm saying is, you know, I don't agree to trade him. But, again, if you're not going to play him and you don't have any thoughts of doing so and you need a forward or a defenseman or something to build a package around – it's a really tantalizing trade chip. I think it's they don't want to trade nice. I think it's truly going to be him at the end of the day because what's going to happen when Nice is available to play? It's they might even pick Nice over him, and like it. Will Keith even play Nice? There's the thing, right? That's true. It's just, it's at this point, it's annoying. It's a hindrance to the player, yep. and I think it's a hindrance to the fans as well because we want to see this kid succeed. Yep. We want to see this guy play. We want to see our hometown, home, not hometown, but home picks. Grown. Homegrown. Yeah, homegrown talents come to fruition because they put so much into this guy, right? And, I mean, there was a time where we were graduating Marley's like crazy, right? Yep. You look at Hyman and Kapanen and Janssen and Marner, all these guys, Nylander. They kept mm-hmm. going. Lots of guys were in the lineup. Lilligren, Sandine, all of these guys oh, were all part of the Marley's. You know, so – it's to me, it's like you gotta let this guy roll. I know your job's on the line, man, but you're gonna lose out on a guy, and everybody keeps bringing up the example. Twenty-two years old, the guy with Anton Strawman, Leafs gave up on him. Anton Strawman went on to have a pretty damn good career, <coughs> but the Leafs gave up on him because they were frustrated that he wasn't progressing to where they wanted. So, you know, and Brad Boyce says hi as well. Went off and started scoring 40 goals and stuff like that with the St. Louis Blues. You know, Rask also says hello. Oh, There's lots of oh. things they've given up on, right? So, I mean, we all know Nick Robertson has the talent to roll with the top guys. So just put him there, staple him there, especially now. You're so high on these guys' defensive game. Let them play with them and flourish, become something special because this team needs cost effective guys. And if you can get a cost effective guy up there scoring, Maybe you start dangling Angval or Kerfoot. By the way, everybody is on Kerfoot's ass. Oh yeah, they are. Look good. He's he's had two penalty shots this year, <laughs> and he missed on both. It's crazy watching just people go after uh, go after he's, him. He's not he's not a goal scorer. I mean, he scored at the game I went to, but uh, he's just I don't know. He he doesn't he does a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> like he doesn't. He's, a busy he's, body. he's just out there, and I don't know, man. He's he's supposedly this utility player, but and I don't see anything coming out of him. Like, what? I don't know. What are your thoughts? 
the expectation for Kerfoot is too high after what he did last year, yeah. putting up those points. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. And he's miscast a little bit by probably about a million and a half. If he was a $2 million player, we wouldn't be talking about him as much as we do. Right. But three and a half million dollars. So that's why he's under the microscope. But again, I like the line. Whatever line camp is on and whoever he has for wingers. Yeah, I'm so confused some of the time when they when they have camp out there. He plays great, but it's always not always, but it's sometimes new wingers. Yeah, like he plays a great defensive game. I like camp, Yarn Croak. And um and Kerfoot. I really like yeah. I, I love watching Yarncro. He he's looked fantastic so far. Yeah, there's a lot of people saying they don't know what he does. And for me, I'm like, Man, you I... know, either defensive things that he does yeah. and the penalty kill and all that stuff. I'm sure a lot of these guys will find their way. We're you know, for all the things we're talking about, I think we're only about 16 games in. Yep. So there are still a lot of things that gotta get figured out. And we've had a lot of injuries, man. A lot of injuries in goal, a lot of injuries on D. So, yes, and then you're going to work in some more talent too, right? Because you're going to be finding different guys that are going to be coming to this roster, whether it's through your Marley system or it's through trades. And I'm sorry, I'm going to throw cold water on this. There is no way in the bluest of blue hells I want Jakob Trickern anywhere near this team. I don't want him. He's going to ask, what's your ideal trade? I don't want him. What's your ideal trade for Nick Robertson? Obviously, we need a defenseman here, but you don't want Chicken on this team. Why is cap? Is contract too long? He's injured. It's just you know. And again, what does he bring that we don't have in a Morgan Riley? Yeah, he's not physical. He's not a big shot blocking kind of guy. He's more an offensive build, breakout pass kind of guy. Which I think this team is showing it right now with Jordy Ben in the lineup because it's working really well, is we need a physical guy. We need a Scott Mayfield. We need guys of that kind of ilk. Um, someone threw the name out, John Klingberg. I mean, I don't want no. – you know, you don't no. need Springer. You don't need – because what happened? What happened the last time we brought somebody in, Pete, no. that was offensive-minded on defense? It was Tyson Berry, and he didn't freaking amount to nothing. Well, Don't bring reason- in Eric Carlson either because that's stupid – and freaking San Jose's not going to eat enough of that freaking cap. So forget about that. We need a defensive freaking guy. I don't care what anybody that's says. What we I'm trying to say, because if you bring in someone who brings offense, you're taking away from Morgan Riley, which Morgan Riley had his worst statistical season when Barry was there. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. that's Morgan Riley's power play. That's Morgan Riley's first line minutes. So I'm looking for, and you don't have to trade Nick Robertson, to get a Mayfield or any of these other kind of physical kind of guys, I want a 3-4 is what I want. A 3-4 defender. It was nice to have Luchkin last year, right? Eh? Yeah, but no. Yeah. You know, I've, seen, I've seen names come out, but I forget. I, like, I'm Carson, Carson Ducey's another one. Meh. You know, there's a few guys out there that you can see and be like, well, you know what? That may be someone that you want. But like I said earlier, there's so many teams right now that still believe they're in it. So you really can't get anyone. Right. Just, yeah. The market's really high right now then. Well, it's it's high, but also teams don't want to give up on guys yet because they think they might go for a run themselves. Right. So you, right. Like I said, the Leafs will probably make their deal in January and they'll get whatever guy they want and they'll bring him in. But I think this year the Leafs may have to dip into the, you know, rental kind of defenseman name kind of market. But I think Scott Mayfield 
fits this team quite well. Scott Mayfield's on uh, Islanders, right? He is. He's a physical guy, uh, likes to hit, likes to block shots. Um, he's, he's what I was joking about with Clark a lot last year towards the deadline. He's a minute munching, shot blocking, net front clearing guy, which look at what Jordy Ben's doing and how much that's paying dividends just even last night. You know, you look at the fact he was clearing the puck from the front of the net, clearing guys from the front of the net. So those are things the Leafs are going to need. Yeah, let's be, let's be real about Jordy Ben, though. He's, he, he's, he's, not, he's not the hero. He's not going to be this he's good. Every he's a 35-year-old defenseman that's just he, – he's the poor man's Jake Muzzin, as you, you say, but he's, he's not that good. But that's – here's that the thing. Good. Right now he's miscast, but when Brody comes back, Jordy Ben is your 5'6". Yeah. I'm in. Just in yeah, I'm in. For sure. For sure. You know, I'm in for – he'll be money on the penalty kill. Yep. He's money for physical. He's money for clearing the front of the net. And if you play him play him to where he's supposed oh. to be, which is bottom pairing, he's going to be fine. Right now he's playing above his means and looking all right. But the second he has a bad game, everybody turns on him, I guarantee you. Yeah, but, that's what we do here in Toronto. That's but right now just enjoy the fact that he's playing the way that he is. But that's the type of D you need, but an elevated kind of guy who has better hockey IQ. Think Jake Muzzin hockey IQ with the Jordy Ben physical effect. Dimitri Orlov would be somebody that I like. And uh, Clark also said um, Gavrikov on Columbus. Yeah, Gavrikov, though, is only, he's a flash. And again, he's last year, this year. So what are you really getting? Or Matt Roy, but I don't think LA would give him up because I want I want Orlov. Give me Dimitri Orlov. That guy's physical. He's a he Russian is. bear. Uh, he'll get in there and do what he needs to do. Um, I wouldn't mind Dimitri Olov at all. I used to actually have him a couple of years ago in a fancy hockey pool. So he was racking up the shots and the points and all that kind of stuff. But that's what the Leafs need right there is, is a 3-4 kind of guy to solidify the D. But you won't see that for a while. They'll roll the young guns. We'll also be seeing Matthew Nice. Everyone has to pray that his team gets knocked out quickly. And becomes a when, part of the how team. soon do we see Matthew Nice? Does he make an appearance in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. You'll be here so. in February or March, right? Uh, it'll be probably stretch run March-ish. Depends yeah. on how far his team goes in the Frozen Four. That's yeah, the reason why he went back, start, right? Hmm? When's Frozen Four start, though? Not probably sure. February. I have to look it up. But it's it's going to be around the same time that they chartered the jet for him last year, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of hype around Nyes, guys, but... Is he really this good? Is he yes. should we be getting really excited for him? I, I like I, I watched his skating skills. I like how he plays. There was that one cool clip in training camp where he just dusted the other guy, but like that's training camp. He's playing against guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, I, he's I, like I just, Matthew's size, man, and he he can he can shoot and he can work his way on the boards. Matthews, I I think Matthews doesn't do as much as what Nyes does in the corners. Mm-hmm. I think Matthews waits for the pucks. I think Nyes is a battler along the board. Is Nyes, he's eligible for the World Juniors this year? Uh, he might be too old. No, now. I think he is. I think he still is, yep. Okay. okay. That'll be fun to watch him. It's fun to watch him uh, this in the summer this year. Did you guys see the clip where he's got the bloody nose and he's just he's like a warrior out there? Pete, I was going to say, we, we had going into the draft this year – Consider amount of different people that scout from 
all over the place, whether it was Josh Chester for smart scouting or, or Mark Seidel uh, and a few others. But everyone said to a name that Matthew Nyes is a player. He is really? going to be a guy that you want to watch. He is much see. Um, you know, a lot of teams did pass over him, and that was the a lot of people saying that. But at the same time, there's a lot of people now that said if they were to redo the draft, he'd be in top ten. I he'd think, be right? in the top ten. Yeah, they would take him as a top ten talent. So it's, that makes you excited, right? So, Juniors is under twenty, right? I'm so used to getting excited about this team that I just I lower my expectations for everything. You now, should. So you should until it. he proves it. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. be excited that you have someone in the pipeline. That's yeah. what I'm doing. When's the and last time you got really excited for a prospect? That's very true. We have we haven't had this much excitement in like seven years, right? Like I just so remember a lot of people say that we hit the least hit on this guy, right? So and they're people that you know we take them for their their word because it's what they do, you know. So okay. and again, that was Mark Seidel who said that Montreal was gonna take Yaroslavsky first overall. And they did. Yeah. Um, when everybody was shitting on him for it. So World Juniors is under 20, right? It's not under 19, right? I think it's under 20, yeah. So How old is Nice? 21? He's 20. You have to be 20 and under, right? 20 and under, yep. Okay, good. Cool. Depends on when his birthday falls. October 17th, 2002. Mm, I think he'd be good. I think he's good. I think he'd be good. Cool. Might, get, might get to see him right here in Halifax. Oh, that's right. We might have to make the trip. <laughs> just kidding. I can't. Right. I'm just waiting to get my email for to be credentialed. So let's hope that comes through because that'll be fun. But ladies and gentlemen, um, we're here talking about the Leafs. Obviously, it's my first show back. A little rusty, letting the wheel spin, just rambling on, 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 and on. Um, one thing that I didn't get to touch on while I was away was the Mitchell, Mitchell Miller thing. Uh, oh, um, yep. And I'm going to say this. Don't mention his name. Don't mention his name. Don't speak about him. He's not the focal point here. He's not the person you should be talking about. You should be talking about the victim. You should be speaking about him and what he needs and what he needs to go through and what he needs to have brought to his life to make things better. Because it was not just an isolated incident. It was not just one or two things or three or four things. It was a long, long time that this stuff was going on. And nobody wanted to stand up for this kid. Nobody wanted to back this kid. Nobody wanted to support him. Now is the cool thing to do because everybody's jumping on that bandwagon. But what I'm saying right here is don't even mention the other guy's name. Don't mention that arsehole. Don't say his name because every time you give it, you feed it. You feed that name and you give it more airtime. Give the other name the airtime. Give that person the time to have a spotlight and to be able to grow. He's Isaiah, right? Yeah. That's I'm just that. saying, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You know, don't allow this guy to have any more oxygen in the room. He had his chance to speak. He spoke from grade one forward, and the way he spoke showed exactly who he is a gutless, spineless coward. And that is what he is. If you're going to bully someone and you're going to use that language and you're going to continue it, and then you're going to be a chicken shit. And apologize on Instagram because you know you got a contract coming your way. Stick it up your ass. You're a little bitch. And I hope somebody from some league fills you in and you get filled in every single time because that's what you deserve. If that's the type of person you are, which is proven you are, and you're scummy as hell saying you're working with organizations and they come out and say they're not, 
You're a scummy piece of garbage. And that's just what you are. You will not change. You had multiple opportunities from grade one forward to make amends and fix it and be better. You decided to be worse. So you made your bed fucking sleep in it. Well said, James. Well said. Yeah, that uh, that whole situation, that reading Isaiah's is uh what it, what it, what he said just it gave me chills it gave me chills of how yep. shitty of a human being like it was someone in our group chat i think it was mario said like it's he's literally a cop like one of those comic book mo- movie characters you see that like there's no way a bully is that bad but he is that bully and he's yep. he was that from the first grade all the way up until high school and just treated him like garbage and like for for you to just send an Instagram message and not realize all the fucking damage you've done to this person goes to show you you're an absolute psychopath and you shouldn't be playing professional hockey ever. Ever. I, I think the worst part about it was that at some point during the time that it had happened, he like somewhat tried to convince Isaiah that you know, like they were friends and like, yeah, they he, were buddies. He should, be, he should be in like with him and all that. And then still continue to treat him like garbage. Like he, he, he shouldn't be even talked about with like, like James says, like he is literally the lowest of lows. And like, I just like, I don't understand how somebody can feel okay doing that to another individual. Like, it's you are a, some of the parenting too, right? Like absolutely. That? Oh, he's a chip off his dad's old block. That's for sure. Go look at his dad's stuff. Yeah. Same thing like Tony D'Angelo. Same thing. Just a chip off the old block, you freaking assholes. Just oh, it, it drives me nuts, man. To sit there and look at it was just ridiculous. Isaiah, man, I, I know you may never hear this, but I hope that you get all the support you need. You get everything you need everything that should be coming your way for the rest of your life because you definitely deserve it. It sucks that you had to go through that and live through that and not have anyone there to support you and have teachers and other parents and other students just sit there and allow it all to happen. Allow it all to happen. And when you try to bring it up, they just shrug you off like it's nothing. That's just, to me, that's even worse, even worse. So Isaiah, I hope everything for you starts to turn around. You get something out of this, um, you know, for a positive bit of your life and you can use it to, to help empower and help other people um, and not let them stay silent. Maybe this allows people to talk up and speak up about their own situations and root out all the uh, the shitty Millers that are out there. But um, to switch it, I know it's a hard turn to switch it to uh, the Leafs. I want to say, guys, this week we got the New Jersey Devils. It's going to be a fun game. Devils are on a heater. Ten games. Um, can't wait to see that tomorrow night. This is the stuff that you start to measure. Like I said, the not wilting against Pittsburgh. Now you got a team that's on a heater. How do you deal with that? They look you know? fast. I was watching some of the highlights from last night against uh, Montreal. They look super fast. That Jack Hughes, man, he may get 100 points this season. He looks phenomenal. Ooh, the the famous uh, wit bet that he's going to fumble on hard. Oh, my God. I love that. I, I forget who he made the bet with. But, um, like, it was the, the cameraman. 
Yeah, the cameraman. Yeah, so um, yeah, they have a bet saying that Jack Hughes or Wit says that Jack Hughes isn't going to hit 100 points in the next two or three seasons. I think is the bet, and it's like, buddy, you might be. He, he looks great, and I love that they've uh, now printed "Sorry, Lindy" shirts because yeah. like the crowd started cheering that. Yeah, I've never heard that. Have you guys ever heard that from a crowd? That's amazing. No. I love that. Yeah, well, it was the first game for having a little two faced, but. I don't know. Like, I I like to Lind- I like Lindy Ruff as a coach. I thought he was great in Buffalo. I don't know. Excellent in Buffalo. Yeah, he's a. I think he's a Hall of Fame coach, in my opinion. But um, I think in the entirety of the league, guys, there's been 60 teams that have gone on 10 game winning streaks, and only two have missed the playoffs. One was Montreal. Montreal. One was really recent, and it was Buffalo and Montreal. Ah, okay. Buffalo was right close. Buffalo just happened a few seasons ago. I always reference that. You know, you can win 10 games and fall off a cliff. But yeah. 60 teams, only two didn't make it. So I want I want to also say they're they're goaltending, like even though they both they're both are one A and one B year, like off they got some kid that's doing some magic right now. That's what you need, man. That's what we're talking about, Nick Roberts. You need young guys to do Amazing things on cheap deals. I think is his name. Smead. Was that the the New Jersey goalie? I think his name is something Smead. I'm going to double check that. They got Dawes in their system too. Yes. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that game tomorrow night. What's that? Wasn't Bernier in there at one point? Is he still in the system? He he might be the. Oh, no. He's backing up somebody else, I think. Mm, Okay. But, but yeah, tomorrow night's gonna be a fun game. We got the Leafs weekender coming up on Sunday night. It's gonna be bomb. Cannot wait to see what happens for the rest of the week for the Leafs. Guys, it feels good to be back. It's been an hour and it doesn't feel like it. But uh guys, this right here, it's offside hockey talk, where the maple leafs and hockey come to talk. 